Welcome to the Strange Catholics Podcast. I'm your host, Phil, joined as always by Terry in Minnesota with me and Bob in Virginia. We are three distinct voices bringing varied perspectives on the church and the world into the conversation. We want you to join in the conversation. You can do so by going to anchor.fm forward slash strange Catholics and leaving a message there. You may also email us at strangecatholicspod at gmail.com. Please remember to rate this podcast on iTunes or wherever you're listening and share with one person. We used to gather around a table at Caribou Coffee. It's a coffee house in Minnesota in the Midwest. But now we gather virtually in hopes that these conversations will be a light for you as they are for us. Now, let us begin this week's conversation. Welcome to the Strange Catholics Podcast and the Strange Catholic Show. This week, we have a very special guest, William Hemsworth. He's a convert to the Catholic faith and lives with his wife and four children in Tucson, Arizona. He's a podcaster. You can find his podcast, Know the Faith, Den- Defend the Faith, on Podbean, and there will be a link in the description. He also has a beautiful YouTube channel. You can find it at youtube.com forward slash the Bible Catholic. There will also be a link in the description. He also has a beautiful, he's a beautiful author and blogger, and you can read about some of his transitions into the faith, what are some of the things that, that he struggled with, but then also input that he's gained from all these books that he's read and these other people that he's hosted on his show. You can find that at williamhemsworth.com. He teaches children and adults in his parish. And William, we're just so elated to have you on our podcast. Welcome to the Strange Catholic Show. Well, it's my pleasure to be on. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. I mean, you, you've been on with so many like big hitters in the Catholic world, right? But I know that, so I've listened probably to the majority of any of the other people on this show. <laughs> I've listened to most of what you put out. So I'm in the lead, but... I mean, you've really, really had some phenomenal interviews. So I, I just wanted to highlight, like, what was it that kind of got you started in this direction to really seek out and find these great contributors to our Catholic faith? And, you know, kind of how did you even get that started? Well, the podcast itself, it, it, in June, it'll be two years so that it's been going. And tomorrow we'll be uploading episode 143. So pretty, pretty exciting. That's awesome. But, um, but pretty much what has happened is I told, I told my wife, I was like, look, I'm teaching at the parish. What I want to do is be more available to the community here in Tucson and just basically those who are, who are out there. But, um, she, she's, she's on board. She's like, however I can help you, uh, I go for it. So I booked some, and I, I, I'm a big fan of Gary Machuda. Yes. And, and I emailed Gary Machuda because, you know, he, everything about the Deuterocanon, Gary Machuda knows about it. I know he does. And, and so I emailed Gary Machuda. I was like, hey, Gary, I'm, I'm starting this podcast. I would love for you to be on my on my show. And he responds like the next day. He's like, yeah, I would love to be on your show. Do you want to come on mine? I was like, what? <laughs> I'm like, what in the world are you talking about? You're you're on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You, you know, you're Gary Machuda. I've, um you influenced me with your debate with James White about the Deuterocanon. Uh, Wow. And so, yeah, he invited me on his show. Two days later, I interviewed him. And really, I just started emailing. And honestly, I'll be honest, the pandemic totally helped me in that regard because the travel was like canceled for a while. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Um, And so so one day I'm like, I'm going to email Steve Ray. 
I emailed Steve Ray. He's like, yeah, let's do it. I emailed Scott Hans PR and they're like, yeah, you can talk about his new, new book, hope to die. And I, I'm just emailing people. Some say no, most, mostly everyone says yes. Cause honestly, what I found by doing this for a couple of years is that all of us have the same goal. We want to evangelize. We want to get the message out about Jesus and his church. And so we all want to work together. And that's, that's really, it's a beautiful thing. So really just asking, I email, I uh, Facebook message, I DM on Twitter, DM on LinkedIn. <laughs> and I would just ask. And more often than not, it's a yes. And I have, I have the great conversations, being able to grow in my faith as well, because most of the people I interview, if not all of them, know so much more about the faith than I do. And it's just great to pick their brain, learn from their experiences um, on on how to further minister. So it's been fun. It's been a blast. But really love doing it. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, the people you've had on are just amazing. So it's it's really cool to see kind of, I mean, I know it's been two years in the making, but clearly your show has gained a lot of popularity and you're you're really getting some huge guests in there to really help share that spirit of evangelization. I think some of the Steve Ray shows have been some of the most impactful to me personally, just the way he helps break things down to help see through some, you know, get some clarity on some of the things that can be maybe not always clear or maybe we don't always fully understand. He's, right. I mean... Yeah, Among Steve, many, right? You've had many right. guests that I would say Steve, that about. Steve Ray is so full of energy and the way that he presents things, it's not it's not complicated the way he presents it. He explains it yes. in the most simplest way possible, but in a way where it doesn't lose its theological appeal. Like we I did a show recently with him on um Marian typology. Yes. Like Old and New Testament. And I'm like, okay, I read this in Irenaeus. Okay, I understand. The way he explained it, I was like, Whoa. I know. I listened to it a couple Whoa. times. Yeah, yeah, that's how I was. <laughs> and and a real, I'm having him on uh, next month. We're going to talk about the blood theory. So that should be pretty fascinating, too, just because of his Baptist background as well. And that's kind of what he grew up believing. But the way that he just explains things, it's it's so energetic. His catechesis is impeccable. He loves typology. If you master him and say you want to talk about typology, he's gonna be all in. He'll he'll be like, yeah, let's do it. I remember I when we were emailing with that show because my shows are about thirty minutes long. Sometimes yeah. they go a little longer. He's like, I need about six hours of your time to do this. this the first question I guess I would have is, uh, tell me who is your most memorable guest. Do you have a most memorable guest in the two years that you have done podcasting? My most memorable, I would say, would be Steve Ray. Um, like I said, his his energy is just contagious. He makes me want to study more. As I realize, um, and I, it's the same with a lot of my guests, I realize how much I don't know. But with Steve Ray, it takes it to a whole other level. And, and I'm a catechist myself. I want to be able to, I don't want to say I want to be Steve Ray, but I want to be able to communicate the faith in a way that he can with the energy to get people excited about it and exp and still tell it truthfully, but as simply as possible. Been, it's been a great one. And number one, Scott Hahn was great. I'm a big Scott Hahn fan. My, my biggest, one of the, my last objection to coming into the church was the assumption of Mary. That was my very last, um, very last objection. And I was in contact with the coming home network. They sent me a couple books 
I got those in the mail. And that night, a YouTube video from Scott Hahn explaining the assumption came into my feed on Facebook. And it was like every objection he was talking about were the ones I had. And so that's a special place in my heart because, and I told him this, he, he called, he actually called me. We hung up, he hung up. And after that first interview and he called me back, he's like, yeah, I just want to talk to you for a little bit. I'm like, what do you mean you want to talk to me for a little bit? You're Scott Hahn. I know you're super busy right now. Right, right. <laughs> but uh, he, he he's like, no, like, how's, how's the family? How's your kids? And I told him, like, Dr. Hahn, this is what your big influence. And I'm sure he hears this all the time. He has to hear it all the time, I'm assuming. Oh, I'm sure. But he's like, so, yeah, yeah. But he's so, but he's, but he's so shocked about it. He's so humble about it. I said, you know, that, that video you made on the assumption was the final thing that brought me into the church. And he's like, you get this look. He's like, what? Really? My video? I'm like, uh, yeah, your video that has 300,000 views. Yeah, your video. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. But um, one, one of the most emotional guests I had, uh, she's a lady, uh, Kimberly Jones. She grew up as a Jehovah's Witness. Mm. and she i've had her on a couple times and this last time she explained how she found the trinity in scripture and she came and pretty much how that caused her to start questioning jehovah's witnesses you know she came across you know like for those that don't know their new world translation in john 1 1 says in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was a god so it takes away the divinity of, of Jesus. And wow. Okay. And she, um, she was, and she explained it from the old Testament all the way through the new. And she said that how she came across something on the internet about how John one, one was falsely translated. And then how, um, that got her thinking, okay, this Trinity thing is, is legit. It, it's real. Then she came across a video from Steve Ray about the papacy. And she said that was the last thing, but it all started with her diving into scripture, trying to research the teachings of Hope's witnesses. And she discovered the Trinity. And of course they don't, they don't believe in the Trinity. And, and that caused her to leave Jehovah's witnesses. And it's a heartbreaking story because her sister left. And she said that most people that leave become atheists because they've been so scandalized by by what by the things that they were taught that they don't know if anything is true. So they just don't st- so they just stop believing in anything. Oh, wow. She's like, okay. so, and so she here I am. I'm a Jehovah's Witness, and all of a sudden I find myself wanting to be Catholic. And she's like, of course, this caused a big scandal in my family, and some of her families um, shunned her. So she she sacrificed a lot to become Catholic. And it, that was a very emotional emotional story. And I just think thinking like, would I have that courage to do what she did once I found out what the truth was? Because that's a big thing. You're leaving. And I believe she said she was third generation Jehovah's Witness. Like this isn't something only she was doing. This is going back to her grandparents. So it was a big deal. So that was very emotional. Uh, very very emotional. So that that one that one sticks out to me just because it's so powerful, absolutely powerful. Really impactful story. When I was hearing her kind of break apart how she found the Trinity, I was like, "Oh, I never thought of it like that." You know, just because right. you know we have 
we have the, I guess I was, because I was raised in a Christian house. I mean, the Trinity was just something that we already knew and expected, you know, or just it was a thing, right? But to yeah. come from someone that had never had it, but had something very filtered, you know, especially their scriptures are very filtered from what we have in our, you know, Catholic scriptures. Um, it, it was just, yeah, I remember hearing that interview and listening to it a second time and just saying, I just never thought of it like that. I mean, that was illuminating, you know, for right. a, a someone and, who's been through the scriptures quite a bit. But I was like, oh, I just never thought of it in the way, you know, so I'll right. leave a link in the description for that uh, that episode because it is pretty powerful. Right. And and the way she described it is she went from Jehovah's Witness. And then she started attending an evangelical Bible study because the last thing she wanted to become Catholic. But she still found as the for the more she studied, the more she knew she had it. Yeah. And so she's been she's been in the church. Yeah, so that that one was that one was powerful. Sorry, go ahead. I wanted to ask about the writing because you have quite a prolific amount of writing you have out there. Um from the many places where you're where you're being published, uh, you know, wherever it might be, and then even on your own blog. I mean, there's a lot there. So kind of what do you use as kind of the inspiration for some of these beautiful, you know, these 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 blogs or articles that you're writing? What do you, what is some of that inspiration? Where do you find some of that? Lately, honestly, from YouTube, um, there's some great channels I follow and they get my gears thinking like reason and theology is one. Mm. They ha they go deep, they dive into a lot of stuff that I never thought of. Yeah. And it, it's just, it's just, just fascinating. Um, William Albrecht's channel as well. He's also part of reason and theology, but he has his own thing where he'll deep dive into, into the into the subject matter like into the fathers into into the into scripture he'll deep dive into something just one subject and take an hour or two now don't get me wrong i don't sit around and watch two hours of youtube every day but i'll break it up in chunks okay uh, but a lot of this a lot of the stuff just things i may see on social media uh think things maybe they need some clarification and some of it is Honestly, some stuff is some stuff I'm just updating from previous posts right now um, to make it more more relevant. Like this morning, I posted one about Jehovah's Witnesses, and I posted the video from Kimberly in there. Yeah, because yep. because before that, I had the uh, video from Gary Machuda talking about it, and so I have that video and Kimberly's in there, just so people can hear it from a cradle Catholic and from someone who was actually in it. Yeah, that way that way that way they see that. But I really love writing about probably my favorite thing to write about is the Eucharist, just mm. because reading reading the church fathers hammered that home for me when I was a when I was a Protestant. Um, especially when I was in seminary studying the church fathers to prove that they weren't Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um so the Eucharist is a big one. The Trinity. I love writing about the Trinity just because you, we could write about that all my, I write about that my whole life and it won't be exhausted because it's such a mystery. Yes. I've read about my, my guests as well. Most of the guests I have on, and I'm trying to get better at this. I'm, I'm getting better as I go along because I'm learning is I'll, I'll make a blog post with the video in it, but I'll, I'll do a write up what my guest has done, what they're doing, links to their work. And they appreciate it in, in, in SEO terms, it builds the backlink. So it pings yep. off everything better. And they're seen more. Yep. 
Yeah, the, the, the Trinity, uh, the Eucharist, anything about the church fathers, I just love writing about just because they've helped me so much, especially the early ones like Justin Martyr. Polycarp is probably my favorite, but there's only one book written that we have from him, but we can learn so much from it. Oh, yeah. There's but a lot there. There's a ton there. Oh, my gosh. A ton Certainly there. are many fish there. <clears throat> Tons. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, Bob, right is now, making, Bob is making a joke with the polycarp, the many fish. See how he is. Uh -huh. Many fish, yeah. You, you see, you he said that. Way now, too serious. He said, I was thinking of the Ixus fish, you know. That's what I thought. <laughs> but uh, right now, right now, I'm actually writing my, actually, I finished writing my conversion story. So I'm just waiting to see if it gets picked up by anyone. But that's all done. I wrote that. Put off writing that for so long because you know, what's another conversion story? There's a million of them out there. But I'm sitting on my couch one day and I was watching Keith Nestor's conversion story on YouTube. YouTube has a lot to play in this, I see. I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm watching his and um, all of a sudden I hear this voice like, it's time for you to get yours out there. Because I've talked about it on podcasts before. Yep. But I've never actually, I've never, and I've done short blog posts about it. But I've never actually gone into detail. And so that's what I did. I talked about how when I was 12, my parents taking me to church, um, how I, my first encounter with the Catholic church was as a chaplain assistant in the army when I was working at the chapel and I just go from there. So that brought up a lot of memories that I don't, I didn't remember. So that was a good, that was, that was good therapy for me too. So <laughs> I, I, I a lot of things through that process. Honestly, as far as the writing goes, sometimes I'll wake up and, you know, I'm one of those early risers. That's old. That's one of those hangovers from the military, you know, wake up at five in the morning in the shower. Like, that's a good idea. Let's go ahead and do that today. <laughs> and a lot of, sometimes it's inspired by the mass readings too. the mass readings will, I read the mass readings every day. The mass readings will get, get my, get my mind going on something. And so that, what I see in social media, especially lately with, you know, not reading people nicely, uh, has been helping out too, but I, I kind of write all over the place. It's not just one or two topics. I've kind of, I kind of dabble in everything. So if you would, William, elaborate a little bit more on that idea of your conversion story, maybe share with our podcast listeners, just a high level view. I mean, I know you said you're, you were looking to get it published, but Maybe just give us sure. a, a synopsis. What What is your conversion story? I'm fascinated in hearing, as a cradle Catholic, how people come to something that I was born into. All right. So like I said, my parents started taking me to church. My mom started taking me to church when I was 12. My dad stayed home the first couple of weeks to watch football. <laughs> but it was, a, it was a church down the street. It was Sunset Wesleyan Church. And so for those that don't know, the Wesleyan Church is part of the Methodist faith tradition. In uh, when I was 13, I made a profession of Christ. I chose to be baptized. My parents actually didn't know that I wanted to be baptized. I filled out that card in church that said I wanted to be baptized. And my mom found out when the pastor sent a letter for the baptism class. <laughs> so she was kind of excited about that. But I, I started, um, as, as I was reading through the Bible in my teenage years, I would come across some things that were questionable. Like Hebrews 6, it's talking about how Christians could fall away. They could choose to fall away. I was taught once saved, always saved. And then I was told the classic line, well, they weren't really Christian to believe it. Well, I'm like, it's not 
what it says here. Then in chapter 10, it says the same thing. So I kind of put that on the shelf. So I joined the, I joined the army when I was, I, I enlisted when I was 17, went to basic training when I was, eight. uh, was a chaplain assistant. So I, I felt the call to ministry to do something in ministry. So I was like, that's a good thing to do. And as a chaplain assistant, you help with the spiritual care of soldiers. You coordinate religious services and everything. Carry and, a gun. um, carry a gun. Yeah. You bodyguard Check for the chaplain. The chaplain. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. Best job I ever had. Wish I was still able to do it. Um, but the first, the first weekend I was stationed in at Hunter airfield, Georgia, I had to work the services. And the first service was an Episcopal service. And then the nine thirty was the mass. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to see what this mass is about. So I stayed in the mezzanine level and, uh, you know, I had those presuppositions, you know, the Catholics don't read the Bible. Priests don't preach. I had that in my mind for some reason. And so, you know, here, the old Testament reading, the Psalm, there was a reading from Romans, then a reading from the gospel of Mark. I was like, wow, that's a lot of Bible. It's a lot more than the three verses I'm used to uh, hearing on a Sunday morning. And this priest, Chaplain Livingston, I'm not joking when I say this, he got up and gave a 45-minute homily on the Gospel of Mark on that reading that day. And I remember wow. this vividly because it caused the Protestant service to start 20 minutes late. And um, the base <laughs> chaplain was the pastor, the lieutenant colonel. He was not quite happy about that. I remember that pretty vividly. But so those two presuppositions were kind of kicked out of the can. But I was 19, so I had, you know, other things on my mind as some 19 year olds do fast forward to 2003 i get stationed on fort huachuca here in arizona and i'm working on halloween night in 2003 and the lady who the lady who i'd known for a few months would turn out to be my future mother-in-law came up and said i want you to come meet my daughter i'm like no i got paperwork to do hour later she comes back you need to come meet my daughter i'm like i'm still doing this paperwork duty i, I gotta finish this I have to get it to have to get it to the commander Half hour later, she's like, come meet my daughter. I'm like, all right, fine. So, you know, went over, met my future wife. But I I, I had the end. See, I knew her for a few months already. <laughs> but um, when, when I proposed to her, she said, you know, I want to I, I want to get married in the Catholic Church. And so I'm like, all right, I'll just become Catholic then. So <laughs> not a good. Now, I'd say become Catholic for the right reason. Do it because, you know, it's true not to make someone else happy. Oh yeah. Amen. Because, because this sure, led to problem. Sure. This led to problems later on because I had to go through this whole annulment thing. Cause you know, when I was 19 and 20, I did something stupid. Right. <laughs> so we get, went through the annulment, got the annulment done. And I was like, okay, we'll go through RCA again. Went through RCA two times. Again, it was to make my wife happy. It got received in the church. Didn't really believe the church's teaching on the Eucharist. Um, and like Fulton Sheen says, you don't believe that everything else is going to start to crumble later on. Mm. And it did. It did. And, um, eventually it led me, even though I was going to mass with her, I was there physically, intellectually, I was Protestant again. And I was like, I'm going to have this great idea. I'm going to enroll in seminary and I'm going to prove that the church fathers aren't Catholics. I keep hearing that they're Catholic. Yeah. So one of the first guys we read was Justin Martyr. And I love Justin Martyr. Love his stuff. So Justin Martyr, I'm, I'm reading and I read this this prim it's a loose description of the mass you know but before he does that he says we have this eucharist but we don't see it as regular bread and wine once it's prayed over it becomes the body and blood of jesus who was crucified for our sins 
And then he goes into this description of, you know, the memoirs, the, the prophets are read, memoirs from the apostles are read, and then the presider, you know, talks about it. And then bread and wine is brought up. And I'm like, I'm thinking in my mind as I'm reading this, where is this church at? <laughs> Where's right, this church? Right. And so I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll look for this church later on. Cause it doesn't seem like my friend's church, the Southern Baptist church on the street. I was blinded by pride. And then I read Irenaeus. We had to write a paper of all things on the rule of faith. For those that don't know who the rule of faith is, Irenaeus is challenging the Gnostics saying, if you want to be part of the true church, you'll be able to trace your bishops back to the apostles. And then he talks about how wow. all churches have to agree with the church of Rome. And I call it the Holy Spirit with a frying pan moment. Cause I was like, whoa, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble now. Oh yeah. Irenaeus, read his stuff. I always tell people read against heresies because you'll never you'll never be the same. Ever. Yeah, we were we were required to, I believe, weren't we, gentlemen, to read a a bunch of Irenaeus. Correct. Yes, yeah. correct. We were blessed to. Maybe we had the opportunity to. Yeah. We could we say were it that required way. to. I, I, <laughs> a little bit of both. <laughs> we were told we had to do it. You can accept it in however yes. you want to accept it. Yes. Right. Yes. We were and, forcibly uh, blessed, right? Exactly. And then, like I said, the, the last objection I had was the assumption of Mary. And then Scott Hahn blew that out of the water. And as soon as I saw that video, and this was, a, this was a Friday night. So I went to confession the next day. I was like, you know, bless me, father. I've sinned. It's been, I think it was like three or four years at that point, three or four years since my last confession. And I'm crying. Cause I'm like, I've done everything to get my wife out of the church at this point. She stood by me this whole time. She's such a prayer warrior. She, she said, you know, I, I needed you to find it on your own. I could have, mm -hmm. I could have had all these people talk to you. That would have just pushed you away. And she was right. That would have just pushed me away, but she just prayed for me. And I eventually I, uh, came to embrace the truth. Anyway, I was crying and father Schubert, God rest his soul. I said, you know, it's in three, four years. I think it was four years since my last confession. He's like, did you bring us a lunch? <laughs> we just start and we just started laughing in the confessional i'm sure people outside are like what is going on in there but he's like son i appreciate what you're telling me but you're here you're here now yes so we'll see you tomorrow in mass so don't worry about all those things you know you're forgiven let's just move forward from here and that's that's what we did we moved forward from there and kind of long story short here we are today um couple couple i've been blogging for about three years a couple years ago i wanted to do this podcast and slowly but surely um the holy spirit has weird things like once you do one thing you know you kind of get confident with these like you know since you do that one thing you can do this too <laughs> it's just things more and more things so i help with I help with kids i help with rcia and now I'm doing, I'm doing this writing and doing this and it's such a blessing. And looking back, looking back, I, I laugh, but at the same time, I'm like, how blind was I? Cause it was definitely pride. Like I didn't want to see it mm. like so, like so many converts. I'm like, okay, hey, Catholic church seems to be true, but, um, I have this plan. <laughs> and if I do that, this plan is not going to work out, but you have to take that leap of faith. Yes. Um, Holy Spirit wants us to follow the truth and he knows where the truth leads and thankful, thankful to have found the truth. And he, here I am. So that's a synopsis of, of the story.
<laughs> Terrific story. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. It's amazing. And I, yeah, it's wonderful. And I, what I would say is it's it's not really, even though it's unique because it's you, it's not really that uncommon. I mean, a lot right. of us have similar types of journeys that very similar. And there's something to be said for that. I mean, there's some, there's a core, you know, uh, with all of this. I mean, there's just really, a, we're very, very close. I, I don't have the right word for it, but I, I just think there's a lot of commonality between our stories and this type of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a, I'm a convert. Phil is as well. Terry is Terry. He, I mean, he's a know. cradle Catholic, so he's, I, he's I, the oddball I'm out. The, I am the weird one. Of the bunch, I'm the strange, strangest of the strange Catholics. I was going to say a strange uh, Catholic, right? But I was going to yeah. save that. <laughs> <laughs> I come from more of a, oh wow, a, like an agnostic slash atheist background. Not really atheism, but more of a, just a really negative vibe towards organized religion. Very cynical. Very, you know, that's where my cynical side comes from. But and that type of thing. So uh, I really had a, 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 a steep mountain to, to climb to get where, where I am today. So, but there's, there's a lot of, I can, I can hear and feel a lot of the same emotions when you're going through your story. Yeah, it was definitely, definitely a, a blessing. And I learned a lot through that journey. I like to say I regret it, but at the same time, all the things I learned along the way, I'm able to use today. So I, I can't really, I can't really say I, I guess I took the long way. I, I like to say it's a lot of uh, hills and mountains and crevices and valleys in there, but through everything I learned something. So if I get like, I get messages every now and then, like, what do you, what do you say? What about the Eucharist? Why? why? I'm like, well, let's go to John six and then let's just go to what the early church actually taught. And I'll send them some quotes and I'll send them the long form. Like, just don't read one quote. Here's the actual book. Check it out. Check it out for yourself. You're going to see what the church actually believed. And so that's why. And I love, I love those emails just because they're, they're so authentic. And sometimes they're just, sometimes I get the feeling that people are just trying to find a, someone to tell them not to do it. <laughs> mm, yeah, and then, and then when you, th- and then when you tell them like, uh, no, this is actually the true the truth. Um, sometimes you hear from them again. Sometimes you don't maybe you hear from them a lot later on, but speak the truth. And yes. it, it'll always, it always, that's the best thing. That's, that's how the script's going to work. Any questions you have for us, William? What made you guys decide to start your show? Oh, we wanted to do this since 2015. <laughs> so <laughs> it was uh, Bob uh, poking and saying, okay, let's do yeah. this. Well, Yes and no. Okay, so I think I've asked numerous times over our formation time at St. John's before I deployed, and then uh, Phil got ordained. I got the I deployed, came back, and and then came out here to the D.C. area, and then Terry got ordained, and I'd ask a few times, but when I got out here, I said, I asked again, when are we going to do this again? And I think really Phil was like, okay, let's just you know. You know, you're, you know, Phil would always say, I got ideas. I got, I'm, I'm thinking about it or whatever. And then finally said, let's just start. Let's just start. We have the technology. It does, it's not that hard. And right. Phil's a technological whiz. And then, you know, it, 
I don't know. It's it's gone really really well. I I mean I'm pleasantly surprised um, at what you know what we've been able to do, what Phil's been able to do technologically, and what Terry's done with the Saint Spotlight, and he's really done a lot of extensive research. Brings a lot, and I just show up. I think that's kind of what we do. Shows up. He's here. <laughs> yeah. And he and brings just... that great sense of humor with him. <laughs> yes, yes, that's it. Yeah. But I think these conversations really, you know, started early on in our formation. We, we, the three of us started together at the same time um, in the Deacon Formation Program at St. John's. And part of that process was to do once a month uh, a thing called spiritual companioning. We had a book uh, with pictures of the St. John's Bible in it. And there was a, there was always um, supposed to be a topic. We never stuck to the topic. So we read every one of the topics because Bob had to submit the notes. So this is going to be published area. Yeah, Lectio, Lectio yeah. and Visio Divina, yep. right? I yep. Mean, we did all that. We did all yeah. those things. The Visio Divina. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. We did all the yeah. topics, but then we had extra conversation. That's what I would say. I wouldn't say we didn't follow the topics. It's just we had extra conversation. I we, checked, to say. we checked the boxes, and then we moved on to our conversation. Had, had bonus content for the listeners. That's yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yes, That's right. which is what was the fuel for the podcast. Yeah, and I, I think the, you know, what a lot, what helps us, you know, move forward on this is, you know, we all have different views. I'm a, I'm much more moderate. I'm much more, uh, not that they're not, I'm much more willing to ask really probing questions about the religion and kind of get out a little bit on the branch sometimes where I'm just kind of hanging because I, you know, because I look at it more in the wider world and the intersection of politics and a mm-hmm. lot of that type of stuff. And I really, I say some provocative things just, but just to, to, to kind of spur some conversation, you know, Phil is much more of a, I would say he's more conservative and he's more of a, he likes to teach. He likes to talk doctrine, that type of stuff. And, you know, Terry's just a, a happy man of hope, you know, just wonderful and jolly to have around. Yes. Yes, indeed. Well, balance each other out, so that's a good mix. We do. Yeah. Yeah. We certainly do. That's good. That's what you need. We need that's some listeners. Need. That's what we need. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, more <laughs> listeners are always nicer, right? Yes. Yeah, that's always and, nicer. Yeah. What do you see for the future for you and your podcast and your ministry and all the things you're doing? Where Where do you see yourself five years from now? Hopefully, five years from now, I'll be a deacon. Um, Praise be so, to God. So we're going we're going through through that process, that whole annulment thing that I talked about a second ago. That's bringing up some issues. <laughs> um, but we're working through it right now. Um, a, a deacon friend of mine. I call him my mentor. He's a, he has a canon lawyer on it trying to get, he's talking with the bishop and everything, just trying to get everything worked out. I want, I really want to continue doing this, doing the show. I'm hopefully there's radio somewhere in the mix. I would love to do radio, but right now I'm doing, I'm I'm putting two episodes out a week um, on the, well, two to three on the podcast. Really enjoy doing it. I just, and I want to continue writing. Writing is what I love to do. That's, find it relaxing, but invigorating at the same time. But I want to get more involved in my parish too. Like I said, I talked about the deacon thing, but my wife and I are also helping with marriage prep. Well, we started doing that in the last couple months. 
we so we've had about three meetings with couples. That's been that's been really fun. We've learned a lot about our relationship as well through the process. So pretty much whatever the Lord is putting in front of me, if that's his will, I'm going to I'm going to do my best to go for it. But definitely five years from now, hopefully, hopefully the diaconate is there. That's really what I'm praying for. And if it's if it's God's will, then it'll happen. We'll, we'll certainly pray for, for you. Yeah, thank we'll you. Certainly pray for you. Yeah. Thank you, William, so much for coming on our show. And we'll make sure to share all those links with everyone. Uh, just. Uh, Many blessings on your continued ventures and just know of our continued prayers for you and your ministries. Well, thank you very much. I pray for your ministries as well, your show. I really enjoy the show. Keep up the great work. And of course, I'll share the, I'll share the links everywhere as well. And God bless what you're doing too. Thank you Thanks so for much. Your great posts on LinkedIn. Love them. Yeah. Oh, perfect. <laughs> thank you. Take care. God you bless too. you. Yep. God bless you. Thanks for joining us. We really uh, my pleasure. It. My pleasure. Glad to do it. We're back from the break, and it's time for Saint Spotlight with Terry and Saint Catherine of Siena. Take it away, Terry. Thanks, Bob. Saint Catherine of Siena. Her feast day is April 29th. She is the patron saint of fire prevention, illness, miscarriages, people ridiculed for their faith, sexual temptation, nurses and the countries of Italy, Europe, and the United States. She was a lay member of the Dominican Order, was a mystic, activist, and author who had a great influence on Italian literature and the Catholic Church. She was also named a Doctor of the Church by Pope Paul VI on October 4, 1970. She, along with St. Teresa of Avila and St. Therese of Lisieux, are the three women to have been bestowed with just such a title. Caterina di Jacopo di Benincasa was born during the outbreak of the plague in Siena, Italy, on the Feast of the Annunciation, March 25, 1347. She was the 25th child born to her mother, Lapa, although half of her brothers and sisters did not survive childhood. Catherine herself was a twin, but her sister did not survive infancy. Her mother was 40 when St. Catherine was born. Her father, Jacopo di Benincasa, was a cloth dyer. Catherine is said to have had her first vision of Christ when she was five or six years old. She and a brother were on their way home from visiting a married sister when she is said to have experienced a vision of Christ seated in glory with the apostles Peter, Paul, and John. At the age of seven, Catherine vowed to give her whole life to God against the wishes of her parents. When Catherine was 16, her older sister, Bonaventura, died in childbirth. Already anguished by this, Catherine soon learned that her parents wanted to marry wanted her, rather, to marry her sister's widower. She was absolutely opposed to the idea and started a strict fast. Besides fasting, Catherine further disappointed her mother by cutting off her hair as a protest against being overly encouraged to improve her appearance to attract a husband. Her father ordered her to be left in peace, and she was given a room of her own for prayer and for meditation. 
She entered the Dominican Third Order at the age of 18 and spent the next three years in seclusion, prayer, and austerity. In her early 20s, she experienced a spiritual espousal to Christ. There are debates over whether or not Catherine was given a ring, with some claiming she was given a bejeweled ring, and others claiming she was given a ring made of the skin of Jesus Christ. Such mystical experiences can change people, and Catherine was no exception. In her vision, she was told to re-enter public life and to help the poor and the sick. She immediately rejoined her family and went to help people in need. She often visited hospitals and homes where the poor and sick were found. Her activities quickly attracted followers who helped her in her mission to serve the poor and the sick. Catherine was drawn further into this world as she worked, and eventually she began to travel, calling for reform of the church and for people to confess and to love God totally. She became involved in politics and was a key in working to keep city-states loyal to the Pope. She was also credited with helping to start a crusade to the Holy Land. On one occasion, she visited a condemned political prisoner and was credited with saving his soul, which she saw being taken up to heaven at the moment of his death. The Lord call, called her to a more public life while she was still in her 20s, and she established correspondences with many influential figures, advising and admonishing them and exhorting them to holiness, including the Pope himself, who she never hesitated to rebuke when she saw fit. From 1375 onward, St. Catherine began dictating letters to scribes. She petitioned for peace and was in instrumental in persuading Pope Gregory XI in Avignon to return to Rome. She also became involved in the fractured politics of her time, but was instrumental in brokering, but she was instrumental in brokering peace deals during a time of fractional conflict and war between the Italian city-states. In 1378, the Great Schism began, splitting the allegiance of Christendom between two, then three popes, and putting even saints on opposing sides. Catherine spent the last two years of her life in Rome in prayer and pleading on behalf of the cause of Pope Urban VI and the unity of the Church. Prior to her death, she was visiting the city of Pisa when she received the stigmata on her hands, feet, and side. Her wounds were only visible to the naked eye upon her death. By 1380, the 33-year-old mystic had become ill, possibly because of her habit of extreme fasting. Her illness accelerated her inability to eat and to drink, Within weeks, she was unable to use her legs. She died on April 29th, following a stroke just one week prior. She was canonized on April 29th in 1461. And that is St. Catherine of Siena. St. Catherine of Siena, 
pray for us. Pray for us. That was a beautiful Saint Spotlight, Terry. Thank you very much for that. Now it's come to that time in the broadcast where we ask you, our listeners, to help us out. We need you to rate us, rate this podcast, go on any podcast platform that you find us, whether it's Apple Podcast, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, wherever you find us, please rate us. And we appreciate that rating of five for that wonderful interview that we had today with William Hemsworth and the wonderful Saint Spotlight by Terry. You can also subscribe. Please subscribe. We have quite a few subscribers, but we always need more. The more subscribers, the more strong we are. And then also leave a, you know, leave a comment. Uh, leave us a comment. You can leave it in the podcast app. Leave us a prayer intention. You, you can do it there, but there's a much better place that we recommend that you can do that. And also leave us a voicemail, and you can do that at? StrangeCatholicsPod at gmail.com. You can also leave us a voice message at anchor.fm forward slash strangecatholics. And we please encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. That's our right. subscribers are climbing, but there you can see the unedited version of the podcast. So here's Phil with closing prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, you are the Father of peace. We ask that the peace of Jesus Christ just pour out upon us, our nation, and our world. We pray that we would continue to see the truth of the risen Christ, his light, shine in and through all of us. We pray for the protection of life from conception till natural death for all those that are pregnant or struggling to become pregnant. We pray for all those that are struggling in their marriages. There be peace, reconciliation, and hope. Pray for all of those that are ill, all those that are suffering from COVID, all those that need the touch of the divine physician. Please reach down and touch them in accordance with your will. We lift up again this nation in prayer. We ask you to bless, hold us close to your will so that we may be a great witness of your will in the world in our times. We pray all these things through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. amen. In the name of the Father, and of the amen. Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Thank you very much, and thanks, everyone, for listening to us this week. We look forward to speaking with you next week. Until then, love you, brothers. Love you, brothers. Love you, brothers. Thank you for listening to this episode of Strange Catholics. We hope that you enjoyed the conversation and it helps you dive into a deeper reflection and union with our Lord Jesus Christ. If you'd like to leave some feedback, please go to anchor.fm forward slash strange Catholics to leave a voice message, or you may also send us an email at strangecatholicspod at gmail.com. Links will be in the description. Please share this podcast and this episode with at least one person. This will help get the word out and get more people to join into the conversation. Please subscribe to this podcast and leave a review on iTunes or wherever you are listening to us. This really helps the podcast get traction and help even more people discover the peace, love, and mercy that our Lord offers and is longing to offer each and every one of us. Thank you again for listening. Have a glorious day. 
and may God bless you.